Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy, this is real life. Today we are talking about how to make a change, or rather how to find motivation to make a change. So as you know, the Therapy for Real Life podcast is all about adapting therapy concepts that you might usually hear about in therapy, and we are going to adapt them for the out-of-therapy context and build them into practical self-care strategies. So today I'm going to walk you through some of my favorite considerations if you are thinking about making a change and trying to figure out the best way to do that. A lot of times people find that they try to make a change and Maybe they try to do it by themselves. They maybe even have some success. They find some strategies that work for them, which is great. We want to pay attention to that. And then there are some common places where people tend to get stuck. So we are going to look at concepts drawn from motivational enhancement therapies, such as motivational interviewing, We'll look at some of the cognitive changes that you may need to look at if you want to make a change in your behavior. So let's think about what you need to pay attention to when thinking about making a change. The first thing to just acknowledge is this idea of ambivalence. Sometimes it's nice to have a word for a feeling that you're having And for a lot of folks who would like to make a change, or maybe they've, you know, one step forward, two steps back, have tried to make a change, a lot of times the feeling that can come up during those moments is ambivalence. And a good way to think about what ambivalence is, is it's basically feeling two kinds of way or more at once. So feeling this way and that way, they're not mutually exclusive. They just occur at the very same time. So you might like the idea of quitting coffee because you've heard it decreases anxiety. And actually, those lattes are pretty expensive. And at the same time, you like the way coffee tastes and you wake up a little bit faster after you drink it. So ambivalence is acknowledging that feeling of stuckness and paying attention to what is going on. So as we think about motivation, as we think about making a change, we're definitely combining these skills with what we've talked about in the previous series uh, that we'll come back to on Uh, DBT skills or dialectical behavior therapy um, and other strategies. So just paying attention to ambivalence. And the other thing I want you to acknowledge, just the fact that you're listening to, say, a podcast on how to find motivation to make a change and the fact that you're thinking about making a change, actually, you should give yourself a lot of credit for that. So what we see from psychology research, there's actually uh, this idea called the trans-theoretical model of change, 
Um, it was developed by Prochaska and DiCalenti in the late 70s. And basically, it's a theory of human behavior. And it definitely matches my experience, what I see in the room as a therapist. It, what it teaches us is that anyone who is going through a change tends to go through five stages of change in order to make that change. And you, of course, can go back and forth between these different changes, stages of change. It does not, it usually is not linear. Very often it can look more like ups and downs. And it can help you to think about what stage of change you are in right now. So the first stage of change is what they called pre-contemplation. This is the, uh, I'm not even thinking about that. Um, maybe someone else is thinking about it on your behalf. Say a doctor is suggesting it to you, or you read a book that recommended it, or your partner has some good ideas about changes that they would like you to make. Pre-contemplation is the stage where you're not even thinking about it. Stage two, this might be where you are, um, is the contemplation stage. This is, okay, I'm thinking about it. Hmm, okay, well, maybe you have a point. Mm, let me sleep on it, right? So contemplation is as simple as that. And this is very important. When I see folks who come in for therapy or even just kind of personally, I can think of examples and um, you know, when folks in my social circle talk about changes that they've tried to make, very often they go too quickly from thinking about it to jumping into the doing it part. So if you rush it, uh, you might skip over some really important parts. So thinking about it really helps you tap into what's important. The third stage of change is preparation. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? So this is where you might, you know, Google for a therapist or, uh, you know, if you wanted to get off early to uh, do some exercise like you said you would, um, you know, how early would you have to submit that kind of request? That's all information that you need if you're going to make a change. Stage four, look how far we are into this before we get to this. Stage four is action. This is the, okay, fine, I'll take some steps here. And action could be grand. Um, more likely, it's probably pretty small and could be a micro mini change and actually um, accumulates up to bigger and broader change. Action is going ahead and signing up for that class that you said you would, um, you know, telling your friend uh, that you, um, you know, accomplished that goal and um, going ahead and doing the things that you have been thinking about. And then stage five is maintenance. So this is keep it up, you know, keep it going and keeping that good routine. This is flossing every day, eating your vegetables or you know, all the other kinds of self-care that we integrate into our routine. That's the goal. But of course, like I said, you know, some people say there's this sixth uh, stage of change, which could be relapse. 
whatever that looks like for you. And it could be going, maybe I need to kind of go back to preparation. Maybe, okay, my favorite gym class uh, was canceled. I need to look for something else. So take a moment now just for yourself and take some space and think about what's a change that you have you know, available to you, something that you could do, maybe you've heard of, you've thought about before, someone's mentioned it to you, might be a good idea. And think about for yourself, just what would you call that? What stage of change do you happen to be in? Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, or maintenance. Okay, and just notice that. Just check in with yourself and notice that that is important to get a sense of where you are at. If you are still thinking about making a change, but you're not quite sure yet, you're not quite at that readiness or action stage, you're still feeling a little bit of stuckness, Another strategy that I find helpful, and this comes from motivational enhancement therapies like motivational interviewing includes this, and so does dialectical behavior therapy, which is one of the most effective therapies when looking at behavior change and going at accomplishing those goals in your relationships and mood management. It's a very simple, intuitive strategy. Maybe your grandma taught you how to do this when you were a kid, but if not, The research says that it's a really effective way to motivate yourself to make change. And simply what you do is on a piece of paper, you go ahead and make two sets of lists. On the one hand, you're going to make a pro and con list of making a change. So let's say... You know, you have a sweet tooth and you're contemplating, you know, quitting sugar completely. What are the pros and cons of that? So the pros are, oh, your dentist would be happy, perhaps fewer cavities. Your doctor might be happy. Um, You know, you might feel less of a sense of guilt or shame about that habit. Right? And then we also have to acknowledge with any change, there are downsides. So if you give up sugar, oof, what are you going to do at the end of a stressful day? Or at a family gathering when everyone's passing out a really delicious looking treat and you want to participate in some way, you do have to acknowledge you would miss out on that. So each of these lists is going to be personalized and you're going to tailor it and you're going to add whatever comes to mind. And you should think about the nitty gritty of the pros and cons, right? When you look at um, giving up smoking, you do have to give up that social circle um, that people used to have, but less and less. But outside the building at work, you know, that used to be the hangout, right? So On one hand, you're making a list of the pros and cons of making a change. And then on the other side of that same piece of paper, you go ahead and make a list of the pros and cons of keeping things exactly the way they are. Now, 
the way I learned motivational strategies are, you know, there are, there's no time like the present. So I want you to look at your surroundings. And if you're in a place where you have access to a pen and paper, or you could jot some of these notes down in your phone, I want you to go ahead and pause and go ahead and just take five or 10 minutes to make two lists for yourself. And if this is not the moment to do it, I want you to, you know, instead think about when is the time in your schedule and put a little mental pin or even schedule it in your calendar. When can you do this exercise? So go ahead and pause now. And when we come back, we'll take a look at that list. Great. Hopefully you've had a chance to think about and write down the pros and cons of both making a change and keeping things exactly the way they are. Now I want you to take a look at both lists and something should percolate up for you. You might start to notice a little trend in the answers to your own questions. Now, what's really interesting about this for me as a therapist, going back to those therapy concepts, is my training in motivational enhancement teaches us that therapists cannot insert motivation into another person. What studies show us time and again of how people make change is that motivation is organic and intrinsic to a person. And in fact, it's deeply tied to your values and what is most important to you. So what I find really inspiring about the pros and cons lists is that these lists really make clear, it re they really highlight for you what your priorities are. No one else can do that for you. So I encourage you to take a moment with that list, come back to it at any time, play around with it, and even try seeing what comes up when you play around with the pros and cons of all different kinds of changes. And I'll be curious to hear your thoughts. Okay, now you've thought about it. You have some ideas about little changes that you would like to make in your life. You've done the pros and cons. You've sat with the different feelings. Now, if you're ready to make a change, you want to think about how can I be as specific as possible with this change? So you're trying to drink less alcohol. Okay, how much alcohol are you trying to reduce? Is one glass okay? Two? None? Is it okay on a wedding? Or not at all? You have to be really specific if you're going to define a change. Again, when people jump to that action phase and they feel unsuccessful because they haven't hit the mark, a lot of times because they're going after this kind of generalized, I wish I were better, right? Almost like a shame um, cycle that you can fall into. So if you want to track your changes and feel successful, go ahead and be really specific. 
And I really like to encourage people to remember you don't have to be perfectionist, even when it comes to self-care. So if you'd like a little more exercise in your life, that's great. You don't have to start with running a marathon. You can walk around the block or take the stairs or pick a pharmacy a little farther away. So you have to walk a little farther to pick up your vitamins or your medication. But think about it and be really specific. And if you're feeling stuck, you're trying to make a change and you just, you're not even sure what to do. You know, you've even gone through the phases of pros and cons and, you know, you've tried to get really specific, but you're just feeling stuck. When you're thinking about making a change, you might need to build an extra space for yourself where you can connect with, you know, call it your inner wisdom or your sixth sense or, um, you know, your, your quiet perspective. But each of us does have this kind of thoughtfulness within ourselves of knowing, right? It's an inner sense of knowing, right? And again, I mentioned before as a therapist, I can't implant motivation into someone else. It's something that's organically there. So what are the ways, what are the spaces that you have in your life to create that that breath? Some people have a yoga class that they like to drop in on or they schedule meditation for themselves either through the use of an app or just a quiet practice on their own or you know they check in with a friend and um, you know are even willing to sit with the quiet spaces between conversation. So I really invite you to think about the opportunities that you do have to slow down and tap into that, just that internal knowing. You know, sometimes it's kind of a nagging sensation um, of just kind of having a feeling about it. So if you've listened to the other episode that we have on what is wise mind, you'll learn about mindfulness and specifically the tool wise mind, which is a way of centering yourself and giving yourself that space to think about what's most important. Okay. So as you get ready to make a change, I'm going to leave you with one more little self-care tool to think about because what we see with creating new habits in your life and building changes and making them sustainable is that the way we think about things really does have an impact on your mood and also motivate behavior. So I want to let you just kind of take a moment now and invite you to just fantasize for a minute and ask yourself, how would my life be different if I made a change in this area? And I want you to think of every little aspect of life that would, um, you know, that would be impacted by this change. Who would notice? How would you feel about yourself? You know, what is now possible with this change that wasn't possible before? How is your health impacted? I want you to visualize the change almost to the point where you could almost see it, right? You could almost see what that blueprint looks like. And as you let yourself fantasize about this more and more, it does become a little bit of a a plan in your mind. And you might notice just like connecting with that inner wisdom or kind of leaving space for 
that thoughtfulness, you might notice some of that intrinsic motivation naturally percolate up, and you might even just tap into some natural suggestions about next steps. So there are a lot of different ways to boost motivation, and my suggestion for you is to Use the quick tips that we talked about today, whether it's sitting with the discomfort of ambivalence and acknowledging the different feelings that you're experiencing, taking a look at the the stage of change that you happen to be in, whether that's pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, or maintenance, sitting with the pros and cons of either making a change or keeping things exactly as they are, being specific about the changes that you would like to see, tapping in with your inner wisdom, and of course, letting yourself visualize what would my life look like with this change. So if you're curious to learn more about motivational enhancement therapies or therapy resources and self-care tools, feel free to check out the therapyforreallife.com website. You'll find um, show notes and the blog post called Finding Motivation to Make a Change, where you'll see some of my links to research on building motivation. I look forward to hearing from you, and I'm so glad that you joined me for this podcast today. That shows me a lot about where you are with your motivation. Good luck and enjoy your practice.